0: see what God wants to say to us tonight. Amen? Father God, tonight, thank you so much for giving us opportunity to open the word of God. And I pray that as we open the word of God that you would open our eyes that we may see wondrous things out of your law. Wondrous things out of your word. There's so many things you have packed in here for us. So many little goodies, so many little things that, uh, big things even, Father, that are there that are able to change our lives. Thank you, Father, for your word which will give us grace and peace and hope. And I pray, Father, that each person tonight has an open ear, open eye, and open heart to receive what you have to say to us tonight. We pray in Jesus' name, amen Amen. and amen. All right, tonight I'm talking on the subject, the covenant of life and peace, the covenant of life and peace. Can you say that? The covenant of life and peace. Now, we've been talking about how this year, uh, 2022 is going to be a wonderful year for us. Amen. Absolutely. How many of y'all really believe that? Okay, don't let that go. This is, this is still January. Don't let it go, but, you know, we're just hearing that. So it's going to be a wonderful year full of wonderful things God's doing, wonderful works. And I've been talking about divine arrangements, things that God has set up for us, things that God, in fact, I minister Sunday about how to walk into prearranged prosperity. Like there are things that God has prearranged, set up, prepared for us, to walk in. Yes, right. Hallelujah. How many of y'all know that God wants you blessed? Yes. Hallelujah. We don't ever have to apologize for that or try to defend that. God wants us blessed. Right. The Bible says God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Yes. Amen. And we are more than servants. Right. We're his sons and daughters. Amen. Yes. So God wants to do all kind of uh, outstanding things for us this year and the rest of our lives. Right? Now, I want you to look at Psalm number 65, please, Psalm number 65, and we're going to start at verse 4, because again, God has prearranged or prepared some things for us, okay? Psalm 65, verse 4 says this, blessed is the man you choose, somebody say, "I've I've been chosen, and cause to approach you that he may dwell in your courts, we shall be satisfied with what? The goodness goodness of your house, of your holy temple. So the house of God is filled with goodness. Mm -hmm. Tell your neighbor, you're you're in the house. You're in the right house. Filled with goodness. Okay, so notice we shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house. Look down here at verse 9, please. Go to verse 9. You visit the earth and water it. This is what God does. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is what? So there's no water shortage with God. All right? God's not trying trying to conserve water. He can never run out. He says you provide their grain, their grain meaning for your people, for so you have prepared it. Now, grain is provision, and it says he has prepared it for you. Y'all got it? That's why you don't have to ever worry about anything. Okay? Look at verse 10. Verse 10. You water its ridges abundantly. You settle its furrows. You make it soft with showers. You bless its growth. Verse 11. You crown the year with your goodness. Come on. And your paths drip with abundance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word crown means to encircle or to encompass. That means that with God, there is no, you know, uh, low time of the year. No rough time of the year. God crowns the year. All year with God is always goodness. God never has a bad quarter. (laughs) Praise God. I'm learning something from these stocks. Stay out of them. Just stay with God's system here. Because they have bad quarters, man. You lose money. I don't like losing money. So he crowns you with with his goodness and says, your paths drip with abundance. So that's what God has for us. Y'all got it? Now, let's go to Psalm 31. We looked at Psalm 31 here over the last couple weeks, but I want to go to a different section of that. Psalm 31 and verses 19 and 20. Your paths drip with abundance. You crown the year with your goodness. Everybody say goodness. Goodness. Okay, watch what it says here, verse uh, 19. Oh, 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 how great is your goodness. Now remember, we just read goodness is prepared for us. Okay, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who do what? trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. So not only are we trusting in him in the presence of the sons of men, but he's prepared this goodness for us in the presence of the sons of men. So God wants to bless you and me openly. God's going to make an open show of what he does in your life. He wants to put your life on display with all his goodness. See, God wants to agitate the world to get them jealous. And yes, he used you and me to do that. Okay? Look at verse 20, though. I want to keep going. He says, you shall hide them in the secret place of your presence from the plots of men. How many of y'all know men are plotting things against us? I believe all this whole COVID mess and all this stuff that's been going on all this this time, these have all been plots against men. We know it's true. Eugenics is is real. Y'all ever heard of eugenics? Eugenics is is the science of killing people. I'm going to give you the simple answer to that. This is the science of, of the act of killing people, killing people groups. That's what abortion is all about. Planned Parent is all about. It's eugenics, it's killing off people groups. That's right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. That's why you don't ever vote for people just because they got a D after their name. So the same ones out to kill you. <laughs> He says, you shall keep them secret in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. From the strife of tongues. So people are putting their mouths on, on God's people. But God says, I'm going to keep you. So we just saw in verse 19, I'm going to bless you. And then verse 20, I'm going to keep you. Now, if you remember, that was part of the priestly blessing we saw in the book of Numbers. Remember Numbers chapter 6, right around verse 24, somewhere it says, the Lord bless you and keep you. Y'all remember that? May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you. May be gracious unto you and give you peace. Know that whole priestly blessing. So God's God's design is that you and I will be blessed and kept. I'm a kept man. Somebody say I'm a kept man. I'm a kept woman. You know, do gender specific. Now I want you to don't mix your genders up. Just I want you to say the right gender. I'm a kept man. And I don't mean my wife is keeping me. And I'm, I got some sugar mama. I'm talking about God is keeping me, taking care of me, protecting me. Hallelujah. Every day I wake up, thank you, Lord, for keeping me and my family through the night. While we were sleeping and slumbering, had no clue what was going on around us. Sleeping so hard, somebody could have walked in the room. I would have known anybody was in the room, but God was keeping me. That's what happens when, you have the, happens when you have the peace of God on the inside of you. You don't sleep with one eye open. You got to sleep with one, I open you in the wrong house. Hallelujah. No, he said, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to keep you. Y'all got it? Glory to God. Now, again, God's blessing us and he's keeping us, okay? And he's protecting us against all kinds of evil. There's all kinds of schemes and plots out here. Okay? But he's doing this openly so the world can see and know that he's the only God. That's why I was so blessed when y'all you went into that that song tonight about about him being you know you alone are God. I forgot how to I forget how the song even went now, but I know it was just, it was powerful. <laughs> what was it? Only you, our God. Thank you. You said it all together. Only you are God. Say it. Only you are God. Right. That's what I want to hear. No, that but that's it. Thank you. But only that's he, he. God is out to prove something. Okay, you remember when 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 God sent Moses sent Moses down to Egypt to get the children of Israel out, and He said, "Listen, I'm telling you, He's not going to let you go." He said, "You're going to show him some little, some little signs and wonders, but He still ain't going to let you go because I'm going to harden His heart. Why? Because I want to show him something. So God." Knew, in fact, God made sure Pharaoh did not let the people go, so that God Himself could could toy around with Pharaoh a little bit. You go back and read your Bible; that's what it says. God said, "I'm going to show him my wonders. I'm I'm sure He's not going to let you go, except but so I'm going to show him the power of my hand." See why? Because Pharaoh and Egypt they were worshiping all kind of idol gods. And they were trying to make the children of Israel worship these other gods, and God said, "I'm going to release these plagues. Every plague that God released on Egypt was against one of their gods. These weren't just random plagues God picked. Let me see lice. Let me see flies. Let me see frogs. No, these weren't random plagues. They were all attached to one of the false gods that Egypt's, the Egyptians were worshiping. God, was, He was out to prove that your God ain't nothing." <laughs> want to prove your gods are nothing. I'm the only real God. I'm the only real God. Remember Moses? Moses and Aaron threw down his rod, turned into a snake. So Pharaoh says, hey guys, throw throw your rods down. They threw down their little sticks and their little sticks turned into snakes too. Oh, see, we can do that too. Yeah, but Aaron's snake, ain't up, up there. Snakes. Oh, <laughs> I'm the only God. Oh, the Philistines in First Samuel had the audacity to go in and steal the Ark of the Covenant. They took the Ark of the Covenant back to their, to their town and put it in the, in, the, in the temple of Dagon, their God. Dagon sitting up there all like thank you, the all everything. And they took the Ark of the Covenant, put it up there, uh, come in the next morning, and there's Dagon. Boom! On the ground. Oh. I'm the only God. They say, oh no. That was probably just the wind blew it down. We're gonna pick it back up, put it back up there coming in the next morning, bam, falling down. It's all broken to pieces. God said, I told you I'm the only God. See, God is going to prove himself to this whole world that all of the other gods they've been worshiping, all them gods you've been buying out of TJ Maxx, they ain't no real gods. I'm the only living God. And besides me, there is none else. Somebody say, my God is the only living God. why we serve him exclusively I don't need to add in twisting anything I would I add the fake in with the real <laughs> glory to God so God is out to prove he's the only living God right and then he's the only God who keeps covenant with his people he's the only God who keeps covenant with his people okay so that's why you and I we don't need beads. I don't need no beads. Well, Pastor, you got on beads. No, my wife made these beads. These ain't ain't no ain't no spiritual meaning to none of this. It's just nice. are nice. All natural beads. I ain't I ain't kissing no beads. I ain't wearing this for no good luck. I ain't wearing this to you know none of that. No. Random you no know, these on money beads and all that. People going to stores and buying candles, these money candles. And you better stop that foolishness. Crystals and church folk getting into this stuff. I remember my dad, hey, when I was growing up, my dad, he's always talking about church folk walking around with a rabbit feed in their pockets. What you doing that for? This lucky rabbit foot. My daddy used to say that rabbit show sure wasn't lucky. <laughs> you remember everybody used to walk around with a little rabbit's foot? <laughs> people get all this stuff and God saying, that ain't no real God. I'm the only only real God. And I'm the only God who keeps covenant with my people. Okay, now let's look at this in Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy 7 and verse 9. Let me know when you get there by saying hallelujah. hallelujah. Already? <laughs> Golly. Did <laughs> you have my notes already? Are you, are you seriously in Deuteronomy? <laughs> <laughs> <God. laughs> What's my next scripture? <laughs> okay, all right. Just checking. You know, you get psychic over here or something. I'm just messing with you. I'm messing with you. Uh, prophetess. No, just, all right. So Deuteronomy 7, verse 9. Look at what it says. Therefore know, matter of fact, can you read it with me? Okay, let's read it. Ready, go. Therefore know that the Lord your God, come on. He is God. Say it again. He is God. Who is? He is God. The faithful God, come on Who keeps covenant and mercy For a thousand generations With those who love him And He his commandments Therefore know that the Lord Your God He is God You need to get that in your spirit The Lord my God, he is God He is God Not Buddha Not Allah No, the Lord, my God, he is God, the faithful God. He's faithful. What does he do in his faithfulness? He keeps covenant, keeps covenant. A covenant is a contractual agreement, but beyond the power of a contract, it's an unbreakable thing. Contracts are broken all the time. People oh break their God. contract as soon as they want to change cell phone companies. They break their little contract. Or they break, you know, whatever. People break contracts, break marriage contract, break all. I mean, just break, break contract. But they, you know, I got a monthly service on my hair. I break that. You know, people, whatever. <laughs> 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 but you know, that's no problem. Is you know, but the, a covenant is is based on the strength of one party and the weakness of another. Now, I want you to guess in this covenant. Who's the strong party? It's God. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. God is a God who keeps covenant and mercy how long? We're not anywhere near a thousand generations yet from the time he said this. We got many, many thousands of years ago before we hit a thousand generations. Okay? So God keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him are is that you and keep his commandments okay now keep that in mind he keeps covenant everybody say he keeps covenant okay look at psalm 105 verse 8 psalm 105 verse 8 you can just write it down i'm going to move kind of quickly psalm 105 verse 8 notice what it says here he remembers his covenant How long? So when we say a thousand generations, it's not really a thousand generations and that's it. A thousand generations is a poetic way of saying forever. You got it? So he remembers his covenant forever, the word which he commanded for a thousand generations. You got it? So he keeps covenant and then he remembers his covenant. Okay, let's keep going here. Go to Psalm 111, verse 5. Psalm 111, verse 5. Thank you, Jesus. He keeps covenant. He remembers his covenant. Now, watch this. It says, He has given food to the poor. Oh, I'm sorry. He has given food to those who fear him. He will ever or always do what? Be mindful. So, He keeps covenant, He remembers His covenant. And he's always mindful of his covenant. What does it mean to be mindful? You know, we're talking about the word mindfulness. Ugh. He's mindful means he's always aware, always thinking about his covenant. God, what you thinking about right now? My covenant. Think about that promise I made. Think about that agreement that I made. And I'm making sure everything I'm working, everything according to the counsel of my will, to make sure that covenant stays in force. Remember Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, you don't have to turn there. Deuteronomy 8, 18, when he says, uh, you should remember there's a Lord your God who gives you power to get, to get wealth. Come on, why? That he may establish his covenant which you swore unto your fathers, right? So God, he says, I, I made a covenant. Yes. So to keep, make sure that covenant is upheld, I got to give you power to get wealth because the covenant was a wealth covenant. Okay, that didn't move anybody. The covenant was a wealth covenant, a wealth of a, a, an abundance covenant. So I have to give you power to get wealth, so that this a covenant can be established. In uh, media, put up Genesis seventeen seven. Genesis seventeen seven. Genesis seventeen seven. God says, "And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you and their generations, for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you." So then in Deuteronomy 8.18, he says, I give you uh, power to get wealth so I can establish my covenant. Mm-hmm. See, this is a wealth covenant. Yes, sir. So I said, he says I got to do something about it. Why? He's always mindful of his covenant. That's the point I'm making to you right now. He's always mindful of his covenant. So he's always moving things. He's always arranging things. He's always shifting things because he's thinking about the covenant even when you're not. Let's be honest, and this is the point I'm going to try to bring out tonight. Most Christians are not even thinking about the covenants. Most Christians have never even heard of the covenants. Am I right about it? How many of y'all ever heard of the Adamic covenant? That's six of y'all. Adamic, the covenant God made with Adam. The Noahic covenant. The one he made with Or how about the Abrahamic covenant? Covenant. <laughs> How about the Davidic covenant he made with? How about the Solomonic covenant? How about the Joshuaic covenant? What about the Salt covenant he made with? Salt? No, just, no just, I knew. I knew somebody was going to go there. covenants, but most of us have never heard of them, let alone think about them all the time. Yet, yet you are being upheld by that covenant. I'll come over here. Yet you are being held by that covenant. It's like babies who have no idea about gravity or inertia. But yet, it's working on on. us. Y'all got that? So God is doing something even that you and I may not be fully aware of. So there's one I want to make sure you're aware of. Okay? So he keeps his covenant. He remembers even if we don't remember. He is mindful of his covenant even if we're not mindful of his covenant. And he's moving things and doing things to make sure that covenant is established with us all the time in our lives. Y'all got it? Yes, sir. All right. Look at um, Ephesians 2.12 because we talked about, you know, mainly people when they say the covenant, most people don't even know, well, which covenant we're talking about. Well, let's, let's include all of them because, because Ephesians 2.12 tell, tells us this. In fact, go back to verse 11. I tried to shorten it, but let's go back to verse 11. Uh, y'all have time. Therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh. How many of y'all used to be a Gentile in your flesh? Yeah. Meaning you used to be unsaved. You used to be a sinner. Yeah. How many of y'all used to be sinners? Yeah. All right. People like to use nice terms. That they're like unsaved and, you know, <laughs> unrenewed and unregenerated. It was just sinner. I was a sinner. I don't know about unsaved. I was a sinner. How you know? I sinned a lot and did it very well. Okay. So I was a sinner. Okay? So when you and I were once sinners, okay? Uncircumcised in the flesh and so forth. By what is called a circumcision made in the hand, made in the flesh by hands, verse 12. That at that time, back then, you and I were without Christ, being aliens come on from what? The what? Commonwealth of Israel, secondly, and strangers from the Covenant or covenants so we were strangers from the covenants of promise so you and I there are there are all kinds of covenants that are working for us now that were not working for us back then but now they're working for us and most of us hadn't even heard of any of them Tell the truth. Anybody, without being ashamed, you had not heard any of those covers I just talked about. Noah, David, Joshua. Thank you. Thank you for being honest. I appreciate it. (laughs) Hadn't ever heard of them, but they're still at work. They're still at work. Some people can't even spell inertia, but it's it's working. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, you're going to show off. But it's working. (laughs) Tell your neighbor it's working. Gravity is working. That's why you're not floating around the building. Clash it to the ceiling. It's working. So God's covenants of promise, they are working. But I contend that the more you and I become aware of them and the more that we um, release the word on angelic enforcement, because the angels' jobs, uh, the jobs are to enforce the covenants of God yes. in our lives. Yes. Hebrews 1.14, right? Yes. Are, that, are they not all ministering spirits? The angels, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who are the heirs of salvation? Yes, sir. So the angels are ministering spirits. Their job is to enforce all these covenants. Hallelujah. So How many know that you had angels from the day you were born? Y'all didn't know that. Well, nobody knew. You had angels in your life from the day you were born. No, no, I ain't had that. Well, Jesus told some people, he said, be careful how you deal with these little ones. Better be careful how you touch any of these little ones. He says, because their angels are always in my father's face. Y'all remember that? He said, hey, don't touch these these little children, because their angels are always in my Father's face. You have angels with you from the time you're born. And I don't mean you go put some angel figurines over your bed because we don't worship angels. We worship God. Angels work for God. They may serve us, but they're working for God. They're employed by him. You got me? But we release them and activate them by our words. And so the more you and I begin to learn about these covenants, then the more you and I can release angels, and and, and I'll say this, what I mainly want to get, the more, and I, more you and I can get worry and fear out of our lives. Can I show you this tonight? Okay. All right, now, so again... Ephesians 2.11, or 2.12 rather, says you and I were strangers, so we're not strangers anymore. So now we're familiar, we're friends. <laughs> With the covenants of promise, at that time we had no hope and we were without God in the world. So now because we do have these covenants, we are no longer without hope. We do have God in the world. Is that right? Okay. So let's look at one of these covenants here, and I want to go to Malachi 2, please. Malachi 2, thank you, Lord. And verse 5. Well, let me start at verse 4. Let me start at verse 4, please. Malachi 2, verse 4 and 5. Let me know when you get there. I'm saying amen. Okay, says here, then you shall know that I have sent this commandment to you, that my covenant with Levi, my covenant with Levi. So here's another one we didn't mention, the Levitical covenant. God's covenant with the Levites may continue, may continue. God's intent is that this covenant continues, yes, sir. says the Lord of hosts. Says the God of angel armies, says the Lord of financial transactions. Verse five. Now watch this. My covenant was with him. Here it is, one of life and peace, and I gave it to them, gave them to him, gave them to him. That is life and peace to him, that he might fear me. So he feared me and was reverent before my name. All right. So this covenant with Levi, what we can call this Levitical covenant, is the covenant of life and peace. Everybody say the covenant of life and peace. Now remember now, we were strangers to the covenants. But now you and I have been brought into these covenants. So one of the covenants that that is on our lives, this is a covenant I pray every single day I get up. I say, God, I thank you for your covenant of life and peace. When I get on a plane, Lord, I thank you for your covenant of life and peace. When I lay down at night, I thank you for your covenant of life and peace. When I'm praying over my wife and my children who are driving somewhere, you know, Alexis is driving around Georgia and Olivia gets in the car driving places and my wife gets around driving places and I get in the car driving places. And I say, Lord, I thank you. Because you know the roads are dangerous. And I thank God for the angels that are here to enforce this covenant of life and peace. But this is, this is big, boy. How many of y'all have heard of this one before? You heard of this one before? Okay, good. 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 You're about to be edumacated. <laughs> I want to learn you something tonight. This is the covenant of life and peace. This is one I want you to make sure you write it down somewhere. You have it. You begin to commit this to memory. Hallelujah. I have with God a covenant of life and peace. But what's it all about? Life and peace. (laughs) This it don't take a rocket scientist. In fact, it would take a theologian to mess this up. What do you get with this covenant? Life, life, life and peace. It's so simple, Sister Daddy? It is, it is. I like it. Yes. When I found this one in the script, I said, wow, that's, that's my covenant. Like that covenant is, is given by God, yes. which means God's responsible for keeping his end of it. So what I've done is I've learned to trust God. And I stopped worrying so much. You know what I mean? Now, I don't worry at all about these things. What I'm saying is when I was worried about, I was worried a lot. Olivia would get in the car. This is when she first started driving by herself, get in the car. And I want to know, okay, as soon as you get where you're going, text me. Let us know. She'll come to the church. We we'll go looking on the camera. See if I can see her. Okay, okay. The car, the car made it to. A, okay, I see a car parking. <laughs> now, where are these thoughts of fear coming from? From the devil. He's gonna hound us like a hound dog with fear. Anybody ever been through that? Well, we got. You got to resist him. With what? Thoughts? No. With what? Words. words. You can't resist thoughts with thoughts. No. You can't defeat thoughts with thoughts. You have, you have to put words out there that squash thoughts. That's right. Hallelujah. So when I got a hold of this covenant of life, and, of life and peace, I began to release those words. No, I have a covenant of life and peace. My family is covered by this covenant of life and peace. At the onset of this pandemic and all the kind of things were happening, people getting sick and dying and everything. All, I, I begin to pray it over this whole church. Yeah. No, this church is covered by a covenant of life and peace. Yeah. God keeps his covenant. He remembers his covenant, and he's mindful of his covenant. But what will help us out is that, is that we become mindful of his covenant. We begin to know, wait a minute, okay, I got something here. Okay, all right, let me, let me, let me keep going here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, he says here in verse, verse 5 again, my covenant was with him. Him is Levi. We saw that in verse, verse 4. Now, y'all know who Levi was, right? Y'all know who Levi was, right? Levi was Jacob's son. Right? One of the 12 tribes. Levi was one of the, twel- the 12 sons. So there's a tribe of Levi. From Levi, we get this guy named Aaron. The priesthood has started with Aaron. Aaron follows Moses, right? All right. Moses is a prophet. Aaron is a priest. So the priesthood is instituted through Aaron from the tribe of Levi. And the gift God gave to Aaron for being Moses' assistant was that I will bless and and take care of your whole tribe, all your descendants. I give them the responsibility of being priests unto me for the people. Okay. So he makes a covenant with them of life and peace. Okay. Okay. Alright now I'm going to help you Because you're looking like Uh oh Okay Alright now So again this covenant Was for Those who serve In the priesthood In in the old covenant Or the old testament If I, I want to make I don't want to confuse You with words here This covenant From the old testament Which is the old covenant That's the old testament Is a one big You know okay So the old covenant Distinguish between the people and the priests. The priests were one thing, the people were another. All right? But even with that, everybody could be blessed. Look at, let me give you, give you a scripture. Just put on the screen for me, please, media. Psalm 115, you can write it down. Psalm 115, verse 12 and 13. I want you to see this. How God, under the old covenant, always made a distinction says in Psalm 115, verse uh, 12, says the Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. That's everybody. Now he shrinks down and says, he will bless the house of Aaron. That's, That's the Levitical priesthood. So notice he distinguishes them. Okay, then he goes on to say in verse 13, he will bless those who fear the Lord both small and great. So everybody gets blessed, but God puts this distinction under the old covenant. Right? Right? Okay, go to another place here. Jeremiah 31, verse 14. Jeremiah 31, verse 14. Watch this. So God will bless the people and he'll bless the priests. That means just like God will bless people, he'll bless the preachers. God doesn't want rich preachers and poor people. Notice he won't poor preachers and rich people. He wants all his people blessed. Come on now. Okay, Jeremiah 31 verse 14. It says here, I will satiate the soul of the priest with what? The soul of the priest with abundance. And my people, yes. satisfies just another word for satiated, with my goodness, says the Lord. So he's going to take care of everybody. I mean, the people don't have to be jealous of the preacher and the preacher don't have to be jealous of the people. The preachers don't need to rob the people, manipulate the people to get anything. God said, I'm going to take care of the preachers and I'm going to take care of the people. Got it? Everybody say Old Covenant. All right, now, so that was the tribe of Levi, the Levitical priest. But under the New Covenant, we are all part of the priestly tribe. We know the scripture in, in 1 Peter 2 9. 1 Peter 2 9. But you are a chosen generation. Come on, a what? A royal peace, priesthood. Come on, what else? A holy nation. His own special people. Okay? So we are a royal priesthood. Who? Everybody. Everybody. Everybody in here tonight, you're a part of the priesthood. <laughs> Glory to God. Now I don't know if y'all are happy about this yet, or if you get it. Because you just qualify for a different level. <laughs> he says you are a chosen generation. Now, that word generation, just I want to make sure you know this because this is important to get this here. He says chosen generation before he says royal priesthood. The word generation is the Greek word genos. Genos. Like where we get gene from? Genos. Look at what it means kindred, offspring, family, stock, tribe, nation, a nationality or descent from a particular people. So I want to make sure you see the word tribe in there. Do y'all see it? Yes, sir. So you are a chosen tribe. Ooh, Lord. <laughs> under the old covenant, the tribe of Levi got this Levitical covenant. Got the Levitical blessing. But now under the new covenant, ye are. That's what King James, ye are. Ye are. Ye are. <laughs> You are a chosen tribe. a chosen tribe. Do you see that? A chosen family. Modern translation would say a chosen race. God's made us one race of people. A chosen nation, a chosen nationality. Are you seeing that? Then now he adds a royal priesthood. So those of us who are part of that chosen tribe are also part of the royal priesthood. Y'all getting this? Why is this important? Because we're not under the old covenant any longer. We're under the new covenant any longer. So all the blessings, all the promises, all the covenant agreements that that were found under the old covenant pass on to the new covenant. Your Bible says that you and I have now a new and better covenant based on better promises. Oh, my God. You ever, you ever went and bought something, let's say you bought a, a subscription to something or bought a product or whatever, and it, and they say, you know, there's good, there's better, there's best, or whatever, there's different, you know, there's silver, gold, platinum, and the silver one comes with all these different features, and then they say the gold, it'll just say this, it comes with all those features and this, 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 and that. But the platinum comes with all of those features, all those features, and... So under the new covenant, ladies and gentlemen, which is based on better promises, we get all the features of the old covenant plus new and better promises. So this Levitical covenant that was there in in Malachi transfers over to us in the new covenant. Are y'all getting this tonight? Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 and 6 says this. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, keep going, and has made us kings, come on, and priests to his, fa- to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So God has uh, loved us, washed us, and made us kings and priests. Us who? All of us. Are you seeing that? We are all now in the priesthood. I don't know if you understand that. We are all now in the priesthood. But well, I don't have a collar. You don't need a collar to be in the priesthood. I'm not a preacher. You don't need to be a preacher to be in the priesthood. You are a priest to God. You are a priest to God. You serve God as a priest. And if you do, then that means you are part now of that Levitical Covenant My God. Praise My God. the Lord Praise What is that covenant It is the covenant of, of life And peace, and peace. <laughs> Boy 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah Now go back to Malachi 2 Verse 5 Malachi 2 verse 5 My covenant was with him One of life and peace. Now, the word one is italicized with meaning. It was added for clarity. So we can really read it this way. My covenant was with him of life and peace. So my covenant is of life and peace. That's the covenant you and I have with God, that God has made with us. It's a covenant of life and peace. You have that. All right. Now, this word life, this word life is a Hebrew word kai. Kai. See that? Well, what does it mean? It means living, alive, green, flowing, like flourishing, fresh, lively, active, reviving. Oh, I don't know if y'all understand. This is part of your covenant. That God is keeping you living, alive, green, flowing, fresh, lively, active, reviving. He renews our youth as the eagles. He's keeping everything in your body functioning. Even things that come and attack you, there's a covenant that forces things to straighten back out. That's why you and I should not be going around confessing, well, I'm just getting old and, you know, things starting to break down and things starting to fall apart. Stop confessing that and start confessing I have a covenant of life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Though the outward man perish, the inward man is being renewed day by day. So if you and I live by the inward man and not the outward man, the inward man will overtake what's happening to the outward man. How do you know? Because the Bible says that a man's spirit will sustain him in sickness. It means even when sickness hits your body, if it hits your body, if your spirit is strong, if your spirit is vibrant, then your spirit will overwhelm the sickness that's attacking your body. That's why the devil works so hard to crush your spirit. If he can crush your spirit, then anything attacks you, you're you're, you're, you're done. Y'all see this here? So we have a covenant of life. How many of y'all have ever heard, watch your cholesterol? Let me ask this question. Do you even know what cholesterol is? You watch it, well, I'm going to watch I don't even know what it is. <laughs> the doctor just said, watch your cholesterol. Take this pill for your cholesterol. I don't even know what the cholesterol is. I don't know where, it, where it's going, what it's doing. I have I no. I when you go and you eat healthy food, right, they say eat healthy foods, because you get all, all the vitamins and nutrients, you don't see them. But you know, supposedly they supposedly going in there and doing something. Right? So this covenant of life is in there doing something. It's keeping you strong. Keeping you vibrant. Keeping you healthy. If you run into somebody who went to school with you, they graduated in your class. They look 25 years older than you. Like wait, wait Pete? That's you. Oh yeah, man, that's me. What happened? Now you don't ask them that, but in your mind you think, what happened to you? Nothing happened to them, something happened to you. Their body is going through the natural course of nature under fallen man, cursed state. But you have been renewed. You have been revived. You have a covenant of life that's working on the inside of you, that's keeping you strong and healthy. Look at him, his skin is all. almost hate to go to the class reunion All oh, y'all graduated with me I don't recognize y'all and they say "Ooh, you looking good what you doing this is covering of life man something on the inside that's working on the outside There's a force working in me. It's the covenant of life. And not only that, that covenant of life is protecting you and keeping you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Psalm 91 and verse 16, with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. That's a covenant right. So you and I have to learn the covenant and we use our mouths to enforce it because you have an adversary, the devil, who's coming against you at all times Trying to catch you off guard. Trying to catch you slipping. And he wants to put thoughts in your in your mind and get you speaking something that is anti-covenant. That's why I refuse to let anybody, you know, Pastor, you turn 50, you over the hill. What? Shut your mouth. mouth. (laughs) To speak no such a thing. You're getting older. No, I'm getting younger. He renews my youth as the eagles. You understand what I'm saying to you? Not know all y'all faith giants and y'all know we got to speak right and speak right. No, I'm talking about speaking with understanding. See, what this, tonight, hopefully what this does is it gives you a little more ammunition. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I shall live and not die, declare the works of the Lord. Based on what? I got a covenant of life. I have a covenant of life. Well, so and so, what happened to so-and-so? I can't explain what happened to so-and-so. I'm just kind of. I'm trying to deal with you that's here. You and you and you and you and you that's here. I want to tell you, I want to help you stay alive as long as you want to. Because you said with long life, I will satisfy you. So you ain't supposed to leave here until you satisfied. But what's gonna keep you living? There's a covenant of life. Woo-wee. So life. So everybody say live long. Live, long. live strong. Live strong. That's, that's this covenant of life that you have, all right? Then he says it's a covenant of a life and peace. Life and peace. It's the Hebrew word shalom. Yo, I know that one. It means completeness. I mean, it's, it, this one is full all by itself. Completeness. Soundness, you look it up in in the in the Greek is soundness of body and soundness of mind. Your body sound. Everything working right. Soundness of mind. Welfare. Faring well. This ain't government handouts. This is welfare. You're faring well. Peace. Safety. There's welfare again in there for some reason. Health. Health. So here goes health again. Peace includes your health. It's a covenant. I have covenant health. Hallelujah. Say I have covenant health. Thank you, Lord. In other words, it's a covenant right. Thank you, Lord. You and I have a covenant right to resist sicknesses and diseases covenant health. Look at this one that snuck in there. Prosperity. Y'all said it like y'all were scared. Prosperity. That's what snuck in there? It's in the book. I didn't make it up. It was in there. This piece means your prosperity. You have covenant prosperity. Covenant prosperity means you have a right to prosper. You have a right to be successful. In every area of your life, financially, physically, in your relationships, in your family, you have a right to be successful. How's it going to happen? It's covenant, which means God's doing his part to make it happen. Hallelujah. It's covenant, which means if it's covenant, I don't have to beg God for it, manipulate God, trick God into doing it. it is, he made the covenant. I didn't make it. He made the covenant. He put it in there. I didn't put it in there. I didn't know I had in the right end I didn't know it was supposed to be there. He put it there. Prosperity. Okay, look at this word that's in there. Peace. Let's just take peace at just face value. Peace. How many of y'all just appreciate peace? What not you just happen for peace? In the midst of all the chaos and confusion and trouble in the world, just, just peace. not being worried, not being fretful, not being anxious, not being all, you know, oh torn apart, just, just peace. Storm is raging all around you, but I have peace. I like that. I and mean, we can get deep in the, in the Greek and the Hebrew and all that kind of stuff, but just peace is, peace is nice all by itself, just peace. Quiet. Quiet. How I many of y'all enjoy some quiet from time to time? <laughs> Look at that. Peace and quiet right next to each other. Don't you appreciate that, Deke? Some peace and quiet. <laughs> Hush up in there. I want some peace and quiet. Tranquility. Tranquility, a calmness of your spirit, a calmness of your soul, tranquility. Contentment. Not worried about not having this, not worried about not who has this and who has that and I will have that. Contentment. Peace again. That's three times a piece. And then friendship. Now, So this piece, we like to summarize it by saying nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. Say it again. Nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. That's what that completeness is in your life. We're not missing anything, we're not lacking anything, and nothing's broken in our lives. Hallelujah. Anything broken is a violation of your covenant. Anything missing is a violation of your covenant. Anything lacking is a violation of your covenant. Now, if you get violated, don't just sit there and let the devil just violate you. No, you better... No, I have a covenant right to peace. I have a covenant right to prosperity. I have a covenant right to soundness in my mind. Minds start getting all fuzzy, you know, I... Sound like I I can't remember stuff. No, that's a violation. I have a covenant right to a sound mind. I'm just saying, well, you know, when you get older, first things start to gorge. Remember, shut up, speak right. I have a covenant right to a sound mind. The memory of the righteous is blessed. I'm not being mean to you. I'm just saying, when I say shut up, y'all forgive me for that. I just want you to get this fact that we have a covenant right to all these things. You want some quiet? You got a covenant right to quiet. Quiet in your life. Peace in your life. Settle down in your life. All this chaos? No, devil, get out of here. Take all your little imps with you. I have a covenant right to peace and quiet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Now, what's happening is that many Christians are scared, running scared of everything right now. Christians are running scared of everything, or they're wearing themselves out trying to get life and peace. What am I saying? In other words, everybody's trying to protect their own lives. That's why churches closed down. We gonna we gonna we gotta protect everybody, you know, because we're trying to. No, wait a minute. You can't protect yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, you, you know, I'm not saying go out and run in the middle of 34th Street at 5 p.m. I'm not telling you do anything stupid like that. I'm, I'm talking about, I'm talking about <laughs> God is our protector. He's our keeper. He made the covenant. All I have to do is just keep speaking that covenant. Assert my right yeah. to that covenant. Y'all got it? Yes, sir. Don't run scared and don't worry yourself out trying to make yourself prosperous. Wow. That's what's happening to people. They're worrying themselves out trying to, you know, get rich or die trying. That's stupid. But you're going to die for sure at some point. But God will supply all your needs. It's a covenant. God will take care of you all the time. I mean, what if you never had a billion dollars in a bank? What if you never had a million dollars in a bank? What if you never had a thousand dollars in the bank, but every time you needed something, it was always there? <laughs> every time you wanted something, it just, it, God just. That's peace, man. We're not worried about stuff. I mean, it's okay to have a thousand, a million in the bank. That's, that's fine. That's, God probably wants you to have all that. But what I'm saying is, that's, that's, money does not give you peace. And money definitely won't give you life. But covenant will. Okay, now let's, let's hurry up. All right, now. So, let's go to Psalm 89. I'm going to show you something here in the scripture. Because this is a live long and prosper covenant right here. That's what this is: life and peace. That means live long and prosper. Look, neighbor, and say live long, and prosper. live long and prosper. Some of y'all can't even do it. <laughs> live long and prosper. What was that all? Star Trek, Star Wars. What was that? Star Trek. Live long and prosper. <laughs> Some of y'all I'm trying to get my fingers. To, let me see, how do you get your fingers? To do? Okay, so the question is, is this covenant still in force today? All right, let's look at Psalm 89, 28 through 34, 28 through 34. Look what it says here. God says, my mercy I will keep for him forever, and my covenant shall stand firm with him. Keep going, please. His seed, this is talking about David, because God made a covenant with King David. This is God's way of operating. So we'll see this applies to every covenant. His seed also I will make to endure forever, and his throne as what? The days of heaven. heaven. Keep going, please. If his sons, watch this, if his sons forsake my law and do not walk in my judgments, if they break my statutes and do not keep my covenants, then I will punish their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. Nevertheless, oh, God, I don't know if y'all get that. Nevertheless, my loving kindness, I will not utterly take from him nor allow my faithfulness to fail. My covenant, I will not break nor alter the word that is going out of my lips. Here's what you understand about, about covenants. A covenant, thank you, Lord. How many of y'all ever heard of a blood covenant? Yes. Okay. That's what God made with Abraham, blood covenant. Right? Right? Mm. Okay, I'm going to say it. Try to say it as up here as I can. That's what marriage is in its original plan, a blood covenant. That when a man marries a wife who's a virgin, they enter into a blood covenant. You understand how? All right, good, I can skip past that. You understand? It's a blood covenant. Okay? And when God says, for that marriage, uh, what God has joined together, let no man separate. And we say in the marriage vows, till death do us part. Why? Because we entered a covenant. Got it? So covenants are only broken by death. Do you understand this? So for God to break his covenant, he'd have to die. I'll come over here. For God to break his covenant, he had to die or cease being God. And the Bible declares in the book of Psalms that from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. So he says, my covenant, even though I had to punish him, even though I had to get get with him, get the butter from the duck, as we say. You know, it's kind of like a parent. Even though I, I had to whoop my child, I still love him. I'm still going to feed them. I'm still going to house. I'm still going to give them a place to sleep and all that kind of stuff. I'm still going to take care of them. I'm going to beat their butt now, but I'm going to still love them. So this is what God says. Even though I had to punish, he said, but my covenant I will not break. No, alter the word that is going out of my lips. Why not? Because to break the covenant, he has to cease being God. Okay, that that helped you, right? Uh, Jeremiah 33, verse 19. Let's try to wrap this up here. Jeremiah 33, verse 19, through 21. It says, and the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Thus says the Lord, if you can break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the night, so that there will not be day and night in their season, he says, if you can break the agreement I have with day and night, verse 21, then my covenant may also be broken with David, my servant. So that he should not have a son to reign on his throne. Just stop there. So if you can stop day and night from happening, then my covenant can be broken. Now, How many of y'all know in thousands of years, nobody's ever been able to stop day and night from happening? So he says, since you can't do that, then my covenant cannot be broken. Trying to get you to understand that this covenant is still in force. He says, then my covenant may also be broken, so we know it can't, so that he should not have a son to reign on his throne. Now watch what he adds here. because He's talking about his covenant with David, but he adds here, and with the Levites, the priests, my ministers. So he says that divinic covenant cannot be broken, nor can this Levitical covenant be broken. So that covenant, even though, because if you go back and read Malachi 2, the, the beginning, beginning of that, the rest of Malachi 2, you'll see what God said the priest let me down. These all going to preach. They were corrupt. They was not doing right. And I, I had to punish them, I had to get rid of all them guys. But it didn't change my covenant. The covenant is still there, and whoever will obey God, whoever will keep His commandments, whoever will serve Him, that covenant still applies to you. If a thousand people drag off and walk off from, the God, from God, if you still walk with God, it'll just be you and Him in covenant. And God is so good that if you walked off and turned around and came back, and said, "God, I changed my mind. I'm back with you. I'm back with you." He said, "Look, no, good. The covenant still in force." Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, can I have ten more minutes? Okay. Real quick, I'm going to answer this question. Let me give you four scriptures. Right now, Romans 8.6. Romans twelve two. Y'all got those so far? Romans eight six. Romans twelve two. Colossians three one through three. And Proverbs three one through two, Romans eight six, Romans twelve two, Colossians three one through three, and Proverbs three one through one and two. Yeah, Proverbs chapter three verse one and two. So here's the question: We have a covenant of life and peace, right? So how do I walk in the reality of that? How do I walk in the reality of that in its, in its full potential? Because even though that covenant is working in my life unbeknownst to me, is that really a word? I hear people say that unbeknownst to me. Is really a word? Okay. Somebody use it. Unbeknownst to me. How do I get it now that it's known to me to operate in its fullness? In other words, this covenant isn't just underlying in my life. But it's actually really active, and I'm moving, operating in it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You understand that? Yes, sir. All right. Number one, Romans eight, verse six. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be Spiritually minded is, like y'all heard that scripture before? Yes. Whoa! Life and peace, that's the same thing we read back in Malachi too. This covenant of life and peace. But he says to operate in it, we got to change our mindset. Not be carnally minded, not be fleshly minded, not be natural world minded, become spiritually minded because when you and I are spiritually minded, it will produce life and peace. So we need a new mindset. We got to stop thinking like the world. Stop being natural. Stop being carnal. Stop being fleshly. When I say fleshly, I'm not talking about being sinning, being sinners. I'm talking about being fleshly where when something uh, comes against you, you think naturally first. Feel a pain in your body. And the first thing you think about is the medicine cabinet as opposed to being on your knees and praying. That's carnally minded. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded, have a spiritual mind, is life and peace. Y'all know that one already, don't you? Okay, the next one, Romans 12, 2. This is how you walk in it. This is how you get spiritually minded. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. So I got to become, to become spiritual minded, I got to now renew my mind. What does to renew my mind mean? Re- the word renew means to, to renovate, to remodel. To remodel, sometimes you got to take stuff down to the studs. You got to pull off all that old sheet rock and all that old plaster and all that old, uh, 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 what you call it? The, the uh, insulation, all that kind of stuff that's all damaged and everything. You got to take it down because you want to re- renovate that, that room, that building. You got to take it all down and start over So that means you got to put away all the things The way you've been trained in your mind Every one of us, we, we, come, we come to God Already trained in one way We come to God trained by this world On how to think So what we have to do now is, Once we come to God Is retrain our minds Not to think like the world But to think like the word What does the word say? What does God say about this thing? And when you and I get transformed by the renewing of our minds, now we move from being carnally minded to being spiritually minded. Jesus says says the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Y'all got it? This is good. Y'all are getting this here. All right, Colossians 3. That was the third one, right? Because once I renovate my mind, I got to do something with it now. Colossians 3, 1 through, th- 1 through 3 says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Verse 2, set your mind, come on, on things above and not on things on the earth. So set your mind. So once you adjust your mind, that's what we just read about in Romans 12 2. once you adjust it, now you set it. Hallelujah. Anybody, you have these cell phones, you, you adjust something on your cell phone, but you got to click save or else you lose it. The settings don't don't, don't change. I thought I set that. You did, but you didn't save it. That's ever happened to you, you did something really important and you, oh my God, I forgot to save that. Hallelujah. You thought you changed your alarm when you went on vacation and you said, I'm turning my alarm off. And All of a sudden you, uh, 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 5 o'clock in the morning. Why? Oh, your alarm. I thought I, you did, but you didn't save. So once you and I renew our minds, we now have to set it, lock it in. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. That means that you don't come in here and hear pastor uh, preaching something and yeah, oh yeah, this is how we operate, but go back out there and start thinking like the world again. You heard it, but you didn't set it. Tell you you got to set your mind. Adjust it and set it. Renew it and set it. When you set it, when you fix it, you don't keep, you're not double-minded anymore. If you find yourself double-minded, it's because you've not set your mind yet. When concrete is set, ain't ain't nothing you can do with it. When plaster is set, some of y'all used to, used to play with uh, clay. Yeah, yeah. Clay, you, you make your little, you know, used to make a little something for your mama when you was in third grade. And <laughs> it, like, it looked like whatever. <laughs> you were so proud and your mama was just being nice. Oh, baby, that's the most beautiful what not I ever seen. I've never had one of those before in my whole life. I always wanted one of those. What is it? <laughs> Why? What's happened? Once it's set and you can't change it. Got it? All right. So I got to be spiritually minded. I got to renew my mind. Then I got to set it. Okay, last thing here. Proverbs 3, 1 and 2. Proverbs 3, 1 and 2. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart do what? What happens when you and I keep God's commandments? For length of days and long life and peace, they will add to you. Boy, is this helping anybody tonight? So when, once I've now got my mind set, I keep the word of God every day. Whatever God's word, written word says, I do it. Whatever God's spoken word says to me, I do it. Because every time I do it, what he's doing, because of that covenant, he's enforcing in my life, life and peace. If you hear the still voice of God saying, drink more water. Drink more water. I don't like water. No, keep his, ver- his word. He's trying to get you. He's got this covenant he's trying to keep with you. Get up and move your body. Eat vegetables, fruits. Cut out the fast food. But I love Taco Bell. Pastor, stop now. You can go Taco Bell every once in a while. It ain't going to kill you. It just doesn't add life to you, though. Whatever God wants to do in your life, he's adding life to you. He's adding peace. When God says, stop hanging around so-and-so, but that's my baby. That's my boo. That's my, that's my homeboy. He's trying to add peace to you. God says, stop watching that. But I like watching that. I'm in the, I'm in the middle of the series. Well, you the one can't sleep at night. I'm trying to add peace to you. I'm trying to keep my covenant of life and peace with you. He says, stop spending that money over there. But I got to have that. I got to get my nails did. Well, they, 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 no, he's trying to get you prosperous. He's keeping this covenant with you. Nothing wrong with getting your nails done. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what if God tells you, hold off on that for a couple months. understand? Yes. Will he do that kind of stuff? Yes. Oh, yes, he will. Oh, yes, he will. You and I got to be flexible. Yes. Don't resist God and do whatever he says because he's trying to enforce what's on his mind. Yes. That's your, your life and your peace. Yes. Amen? Yes. This is my covenant right. Oh, my covenant right so I have, covenant right I have a covenant right to life and peace. and peace. That's God's, desire for, that's God's desire, for that's desire for my life. That's my desire for my life. So I'm renewing my mind. I'm renewing my mind. And, I'm my mind. and I'm setting my mind. I'm fixing my mind, I'm fixing my mind, on, things mind. Above, on things above, and not on things of this earth. God, whatever, God says, whatever God says, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Amen. Amen. Amen? That's how you walk in life in peace. Come on, give God a big hands up of praise. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet tonight. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hopefully you all now know something you didn't know when you came in here. The covenant of life and peace. You may not remember to say this every day. When it comes to your mind, just, just speak it out. I try to pray it every day, ever since Apostle Derby came and talked to us about that hedge of blessing and that hedge of protection. And I actually did what he said. I walked around my whole property and released those angels, my whole property. So when I get up in the morning, I just say, thank you, Lord, for that hedge of blessing and hedge of protection around my family. When we leave the house, thank you for that hedge of blessing hedge of protection. Angels enforce the covenant that we have with God. Amen? Now, again, it's working on you already. But what happens when you and I become mindful of it? You and I speak it. Now it goes into overdrive. You'll start seeing more life and more peace than you ever had before. How many of y'all can use more life and more peace? Amen. It's yours. It's yours. Amen. Listen, we're getting ready to leave. We'll see you again on uh, this coming Sunday. It's going to be a great morning, Sunday morning. Uh, our choir is going to be ministering on Sunday. I'm excited about that. I love here choir ministering. Amen. It's going to be a great day. Apostle Derby will be here ministering to us in the word of God. Again, one service only, so it's going to be a great time. And we're going to just uh, get out.